Good evening, everyone. Um, thanks for being here. Um, thank you for your continued practice, which I continue to um, believe benefits uh, not just us, but others. An early teacher of mine in the 90s, um, not even a Zen person, uh, said to me once, um, you know, I'd like you to read this or that text and also take this or that class with me. Uh, but even if you don't, all of this uh, material that would be gone over, uh, you will come to know. And this struck me at the time as, um, and you know, it stayed with me. You know, not much from that time stayed with me, but struck me at the time and also stayed with me as an expression of um, real clarity and confidence about the obvious or unmistakable nature of truth. You know, these teachings that he was offering were about the way things are, uh, certain Taoist principles in this case. Well, all this, you'll, you, you, will, you will see it anyway. We eventually will come to know all of this on your own, on your own. And he wasn't saying this to me because, you know, in particular, because I was some special gifted spiritual being. He was saying this with a faith in um, human nature. Another master said, it's, it's the same certainty with which when we raise the foot in walking, we know that it will hit the ground when it comes down. You can't, you can't miss. You can't miss. So in practice, we keep returning and we keep looking. And in our trust in life itself, as it unfolds, we keep meeting what's next whatever that is for us. I think the other thing that's important to remember here is, um, as stated in one of the last lines in San of Zazen, this very body is the body of Buddha. This very body is the body of Buddha, or um, we ourselves are the Buddha's continuation. Maybe a less direct way to say it, this very body is the body of Buddha. So as we practice 
this kind of natural, unmissable path. Um, hopefully with some sorts of friends to point out things that we might otherwise miss. But um, in the end, unmissable path. You know, if we keep looking, if we keep looking and keep open, this very life is the Buddha's life. And please consider that any objections that might come up to this statement. Um, and I'd be curious to hear if people have other kinds of examples. But when I have objections to this statement that my life is the Buddha's life, it's um, it's some sort of uh, you know that 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 um, flip side of the self-aggrandizing ego. You know, it's some sort of, well, well not me, you know, because I'm especially inadequate somehow. You know? And maybe someone else, but not me. So that's, you know, that's worth letting go of. <laughs> this very life, this very path, whatever next steps it contains, whatever obvious next things to look at it contains. So that's my Dharma message today. <laughs> and then for me personally, I'm continuing to um, look at or just be impressed by, not in an entirely positive sense, um, <laughs> uh, like this kind of restless mind or this mind for me that um, I think I'm just noticing it more, that always wants to um, fill in the gaps, like have things to do have things to do or like something to improve or like fix. It's this, um, it's this like productivity mind. And just um, how profound that is for me personally, like just how um, strong, strongly it can come up. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying it's wrong to produce things or wrong to do things. Um, I was reminded of a Thomas Merton quote, which I looked up. Um, and I won't read the longer one, but I'll read the part that people usually read. Because <laughs> it is the essence of it. So he said, to allow oneself to be carried away by a multitude of conflicting concerns to surrender to too many demands, to commit oneself to too many projects, to want to help everyone in everything is to succumb to the violence of our times. Mm -hmm. 
so reading this and contemplating this again led me to a you know, Google definitions of violence. And I was like, the violence of our times. You know, I've always liked this quote of Merton's, but I'm like, well, what is he? You know, you Google violence, and first definitions that came up for me anyway are um, this forceful intention to cause harm or cause death. And then a broader definitions include like not just physical but psychological harm or um, like some kind of maltreatment. Uh, in this definition of violence, but something at the core of it, like something is being harmed. And so in the larger quote um, of Merton's, and often through Merton's work, you know, he talks about our, I don't remember his words, but our, our core, like our hara, our groundedness, our um, inner peace. Inner peace, not a term I use a lot, but I think, what is here, here we are. Yeah. The frenzy of our activism I think the larger context of this, he was talking uh, to activists, perhaps, um, neutralizes our work for peace. It destroys our own inner capacity for peace. It destroys the fruitfulness of our own work because it kills, there we go, there's the violence part. It kills the root of inner wisdom which makes work fruitful. It kills the root of inner wisdom. So, You know, to expand a little on, on what I think Burton's saying here, um, when I'm so preoccupied with the stuff I think a lot of folks in our culture, but certainly me, can get preoccupied with, and I lose this sense of groundedness and peace and ability to be present, which can be present while I'm doing things, sure. But when I lose touch with that, um, well, I guess what I've come to is there's a kind of harm there especially to the extent that I've lost like the capacity to get in touch with that. For me, I'm, I'm out of touch and then in touch and out of touch and then in touch and hopefully like not completely losing sight, losing sight of this center. It destroys the fruitfulness of our work destroys the fruitfulness of our work because it kills the root of inner wisdom which makes the, the work fruitful. The frenzy of our activism, the surrendering to too many demands, destroys our own inner capacity for peace. I think he's describing like a getting lost and not coming back. Yeah. So when we prioritize as we do here, uh, this connection with ourself and with our core, um, which is ultimately a 
connection that's beyond self and other. Um, this groundedness and this stepping back and this letting go of the many demands, um, then that's not losing sight of what's important. <laughs> And I think on that path, there's there's a lot of fruit. So to return again to what I was trying to say about my own practice, um, before, um, I told Michael Daitetsu earlier today, like, I feel like I just need to stop. <laughs> he was like, well, what do you mean by that? You know, I just mean, like, stop, like, everything. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm not going to, like, quit my job and, like, all my activities and that, you know. <laughs> but I do mean, um, like, let go let go of all this frenzy and stop in the way we do in practice yeah and that there's a there's an edge for me there and so in working that edge I not only get the practice of stopping and connecting with this core but I also get you know whatever insight comes into um, what otherwise would and does pull me away. Hmm. What that is, what those dynamics are. Hmm. Well, that's what I have to say tonight. Thank you for listening. So we'll close the Dharma talk portion as we usually do.